At KeyBank, we understand what you need to run a middle market company. We bring a team of strategists and problem solvers to design and deliver solutions critical to your business's success. KeyBank offers industry expertise, investment banking and capital markets, payment automation, loans and lines of credit, plus equipment financing. Connect with your local KeyBank team. Learn more at key.com slash commercial. Welcome to the Grit Daily Startup. I'm your host, Sebastian Rusk, and this is a podcast about what goes on behind the scenes at startups. The good, the bad, and the gritty. Let's dive in. Here we are with Monica Recto, founder and CEO of Bazaar. We are still in South by Southwest, beautiful city of Austin, speaking from the Grid Daily House. My name is Karim, a CSO of Link2, democratizing access to pre-IPO technology companies. Monica, welcome, uh, and I'm, hope, I'm so happy to speak with you on this podcast today. Um, before I introduce, let you introduce yourself, um, we're going to cover the topic today, and I hope you're okay with it, is about a young founder starting a company who comes from not the normal legacy route, um, whether you are white, male, in your mid-20s or 25s, having gone to an Ivy League school in San Jose or, or California or Berkeley or Stanford. That's not who you are. Uh, so let's talk about your trip, your journey as a wonderful woman entrepreneur who starts from ground level roots, building a company in this new world of NFTs and the metaverse. Introduce yourself and talk to us a little bit about your journey, some of the challenges that you see and some of the successes that you have seen. Yes. Thank you so much for the introduction, Karim. I'm so happy to be joining you here at South by Southwest. It's actually my first time. So I'm a little surprised by the weather, but I think we'll be fine. I think we all are. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's so much colder than I realized. But yes. So my name is Monica Recto. I'm 28. I'm the CEO and founder of Bazaar Collective. Um, we are going to be building 3D software fashion for 3D software for the fashion metaverse, as well as um, an NFT marketplace focused specifically on fashion. So we're super excited about this because we've been working with designers for the last two years, trying to service their digital transformation needs. And so my journey as a founder, I actually started off when I was 16. My two best friends founded this solar powered lights company. And so I was the first member, I was part of the founding team and that kind of jet setted my fundraising experience. And so we raised money for over 20,000 solar powered lights over the past 10 years, and it's still running now. So that kind of got my feet wet in terms of fundraising. And that's also where I met my current co-founder because she was working on the tech side of things while we were building. So we were working together for seven years. Um, and then we just decided to pursue other ventures as well. I'm, I'm interested in that. So you started uh, building solar-powered light 
fixtures? No. So we started sourcing them from China. So we built a non-government organization back when solar powered lights weren't that popular yet. So back in 2010, where especially there's so many communities in the Philippines that are off grid. So we brought them to like the most remote areas, whether they were high up four hours walking distance on a mountain or like deep into islands that don't have electricity. So they actually rely on kerosene lamps. So kerosene is toxic. It's expensive. It's bad for the environment. It's not good for the environment. It's a fire hazard. It's bad for everything. And then you created the opportunity for these users with solar powered lamps Yes. That has changed their world. Changed their lives. Absolutely. Yeah. So like they would be able to save money, spend that money that was usually for kerosene lamps for education. We could extend their work day. We could extend the students like way um, ability to study. And so they would get higher grades and have better futures. And all of this happened in the Philippines. Yes. So that happened in the Philippines. And then I moved on to like different side projects and different founding things. So um, obviously, I think as like a founder, you have so many like ideas and things you want to try. So having that empowerment at such an early age of 16 um, really made me excited to continue to start things. Congratulations. And, And so now you're jumping into an environment, metaverse, NFTs, completely different from light and solar. What yes. made you do this? Actually, so if you don't mind, I can like backtrack because I was like the first and like kind of the last of what we're working on. Um, so from light and solar, uh, when I worked in New York after studying in Ohio, uh, I actually did PR for women entrepreneurs because I studied communication. And so that's when I really fell in love with the startup scene. And then when I was home again in the Philippines over the summer and over like a gap semester, I was working on different startups. So I was working in a design thinking, (laughs) design thinking education startup, as well as like, um, I also helped with like similar to a TikTok company called Kumu in the Philippines. So like being very exposed to those things and then collaborating on a separate e-commerce startup and then eventually starting my own, which was Bizarre Collective. Um, so you've had a lot of experience in various aspects of design, um, social media, marketing, all of these things are really important to build a very profitable company. Yes. But on this journey of starting your own company, what are some of the challenges that you've encountered? So, um, especially since I spent the last four years in the Philippines, I realized that fundraising in Asia is a completely different game fundraising in the States. So to fundraise in the Philippines, most companies take up to 50% of equity angels, even because they're so not trained in what it means for a founder to completely own their company. Um, so I went a little bit out of there and went to Singapore. Uh, they were a little more lenient in terms of taking equity, but it's still not as, generous as VCs in the States, VCs, angels, like there seems to be like a playbook almost where there's like a rule where everyone knows like, oh, you should only give away 20% every round, but that's not something we're taught or like even building a deck in Asia. Usually it's always accompanied by a presentation here in the States, your deck speaks for itself and your presentation with your deck is something completely different. So what's interesting is uh, play by the rules or a playbook and given that you started, uh, you know, with your first company at age 16, changing the lives of people in the Philippines, you seem to be breaking the playbook and changing the rules. So how are you doing that now for your new company? 
Oh, I think that's interesting. I don't know that I'm 100% breaking the playbook. I think it's learning how to play the rules depending on the region that you're in, right? So like uh, I spent the last, so I just got back here to the States last November and it was a completely different startup space than when I was here in 2017 and 2016. So the players have changed, the leaders have changed. And um, of course, with the metaverse and crypto, there are all these new ways to like connect with people, especially after pandemic. I think people are so hungry to connect in person, but also realize the ability to connect from anywhere in the world. And so all these conferences have been popping up, all these houses. And so what's been really helping me have been events like Miami Hack Week. And then I got sure. sponsored by the Sonar House. And then I eventually got into Launch House. And Wonderful. so Launch House has been such an amazing opportunity, like connecting with all these investors, with all these co-founders. And honestly, it's what you make of it, right? Like you make all these friends, they introduce you to somebody, you, they give you the training. So we're able to teach each other. So some of them are like, this is how I raised my money. This is how I found like a champion advisor who helped me find all the VCs. This is how you should start. You can go either go for the name brand VCs with less favorable terms or go for the newer VCs with better terms. But what, what are the trade-offs? Like, are you going to like have them open doors for you? Or do you really need those strategic partnerships or do you need the cash up front? So this is a really important learning experience and I'm hoping that you can share this with some of our audience. As you know, there's been challenges for many, many, many years for especially for women starting companies, um, raising funds and getting traction. Yes. Uh, there is a lot of challenges, not only because you don't fit the stereotype, but you're also breaking into grounds of very early technology adoptions in NFTs and metaverse. So you coming across two separate challenges, building a company in a completely emerging technology environment, and secondly, being a young woman founder. If there were a few words of advice that you could provide to people who are in a similar state as yourself, what would those words of advice be? Um, okay, so I would break it down into two parts. The first one is take advantage of all the different um, initiatives that are going to support women and diversity and inclusion, because obviously if their intention is already to support it, like take advantage. Um, and second is kind of like it, it goes two ways is one, don't be afraid. I do realize, notice that sometimes I do have to work twice as hard. So I'm tiny, I'm four nine. Half <laughs> the conversations happen at like a six foot radius. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I kind of have to insert myself into the conversation. Um, I have to also like overcome that imposter syndrome because I do belong here. And like, I have made it and I'm so excited to be able to like learn and contribute because everybody's still figuring out what they're doing, you know, and we can all help each other. And recognizing that not everybody is going to support you, but the ones who are, are the ones you want on your team. Like I've interfaced with VC investors who like will literally invite other people in front of me. And it's like, that's not the kind of person I want on my team. Like that's, I'm not going to chase you down and ask you for an investment. And then I meet these other VC investors who are like, okay, I'm going to take the time to give you good feedback and be like, okay, like now is not the time to invest, but this is what you're missing. And this is what you can work on. Or like, oh, maybe not me, but here, let me open this door for you. And like kind of following that, the clues of collaboration, because I think especially if it's not in my favor, um, I could use all the help that I can get. And my last, the second part of my advice is, I know this is hard, but um, I really do appreciate the white males who do open the doors for me because they do have that privilege. And I've been so 
um, privileged myself enough to be to find white male friends who are able to help people like me who aren't in a good space. And so their recommendation made all the difference that opened the door. So I'm also grateful. Like, I don't want to make them the enemy. They're not. They're also part of the change. So I'm grateful to that. Wonderful. So that was Monica Rector, founder and CEO of Bizarre, B.Z.A.A.R. Collective, working on NFTs and metaverse, uh, looking to make a success. A couple of t- talking points from this podcast is work twice as hard. Um, utilize the network that you have with women's groups, founders. Don't be afraid to ask. Uh, but don't shun the stereotypical white male because everybody here is here to help you if you ask the right way and the right question. Be very, very cognizant of who you should bring on your team. Be strong to that. Don't bend over just because you need the money. Stick to your principles, your roots, work hard, and you'll build, build a very successful company. We wish you the very best. Thank you so much, Karim. And keep us, keep us in touch and let us know how your journey goes. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Grit Daily Startup. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts. This way you'll get updates as new episodes become available. This podcast is brought to you by GritDaily.com, the premier startup news hub. More information at gritdaily.com. Once again, I'm your host, Sebastian Rusk. Until next time, friends. Up to $26,000 per employee? They call it the 15-minute refund, but it's not a gimmick. It's for business owners who stuck it out during the pandemic. The Employee Retention Tax Credit, or ERTC. But time is running out to get started. Talk to the experts. JWC Advisors at iHeartTaxRefunds.com. Who are they? CPAs who will keep you on the right side of the IRS. So do it the right way. Go to iHeartTaxRefunds.com. That's iHeartTaxRefunds.com. Thank you.